Are you glad to be in church today? I want to take my hat off to you because I know this is the last day of the fair. And we just pray that anybody that skipped church to go to the fair does not get blessed today. All right, good to see you. I want everybody to, uh, well, I'll tell you what. First of all, let me say how glad I am that Kathy is here today. Amen. And um, she is debuting her new wig, which I think is kind of hot. I think it's kind of hot. And um, can, I, can I tell you what the doctors called it? They called it a cranial prosthesis. That's how we got it under insurance. But it's so good to see Kathy. And um, so, Kathy, say hello as loud as you can. And yes, it's good to see her. Amen. And um, she would love to say hello to every single one of you. But her energy is limited. So sometime before the service is over, she's going to slip out. But she sends her love. And we can't tell you how much we have felt uplifted by your prayers. Um, just the way the whole church has handled and responded, responded to this. It's been such a blessing. We have this giant family that we know loves her. I think you like her better than you like me, but that's okay. Anyway, so... Great to see all of you. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Those of you that are still seated, I'm going to give you some calisthenics today. Let's stand to honor God's Word. And I want to talk to you about something that's been on my heart, especially in light of what Kathy and I have been experiencing the last few weeks. Um, this is what we call a onesie. A onesie is, this is not a series. This is a one-time word, and it is a... Um, a word that I believe we're all going to be walking in as a church, not just regarding Kathy, but you in your own life. This is about you. And what does the Bible tell us about walking by faith and not by sight? Amen? Now, a lot of children of God walk by sight and not by faith, and they don't live very happy lives. God wants us to walk by faith not by sight, because even though you can't see it, doesn't mean it's not real. Uh, God's got things cooking in the oven of heaven right now for you. They're about to be delivered, and you need to believe they're there before they're there. Before they're there. So let me put the verse uh, up here, and I'm reading out of my Bible. If you've got your Bible, hold it up and kind of give it a wave. Amen. Good deal. Now, I've been saying lately, if you come to church without your Bible, you came in your underwear. Now, that's the only way I can get your attention. Say something strong. Now, if you're a visitor and you don't have a Bible, don't feel badly. We've got it right up here for you. But if you go to this church, bring your sword to church. Amen? Amen? Now we're reading out of Numbers 13 and verse 25. And this is about the spies who have come back from spying out the promised land. And look at what happened. They returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them what, everybody? What they show them? The fruit of the land. 
So what they had been, had been told about the land was true. It was a land flowing with milk and honey, with fruit, with blessing. So they come back with you know, great big bunches of fruit. Verse 27, then they told him that it was Moses and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Now, so far, so good. They're bringing a good report. They're saying what you told us is accurate, what God said is true. And then the very next verse, they get in trouble with a terrible nevertheless. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, look what they're about to do. In verse 29, they're, gonna, they're going to itemize all the giants in the land. They've taken their eyes off of the fruit, and they've got their eyes on the giants. Now, look what they do. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Now, by now, the children of Israel are trembling. And look what Caleb does. Verse 30, Caleb steps forward, quieted the people because they were freaking out and screaming. Quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. Now read the next five words with me. For we are well able. Do you hear what faith says? Faith says we are well able. So let's try it again. We are well able. Can you turn to your neighbor and just look him in the eye and say, you are well able to defeat the giants in your life. Now, look what he says. He says, we are well able to overcome it. But then here comes the 10 spies again. But the men who had gone up with him said, what'd they say? We are not able. Somebody should have slapped them right there. We are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. No, they weren't. And they gave the children of Israel, what they give them? A bad report. I want you to look at what a bad report can do. A bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we've gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers. How? What does it say? In our own sight. That's where they got into trouble. They started looking at their circumstances through their own eyes and not the eye of faith. And so we were in their sight like grasshoppers. They were telling the whole congregation, we're defeated before we even start. And you know what happened? An entire generation, everyone that walked out of Egypt, died in the wilderness and only two crossed over because of the power of this bad report. Isn't that amazing? Father, thank you for your word today. We pray you will bless it and help us, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight and not to fall into the mistake these 10 spies did. Now, will you breathe a prayer, church, and say, build my faith today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, perk up and listen. You're going to need this before you get home.
<laughs> All right. On July 16, 1999, Kathy and I woke up to the shocking news that yet another member of the Kennedy family had died in a terrible, tragic accident. The young, handsome son of President John F. Kennedy, known as John John or John Kennedy Jr., who was sometimes called America's Prince, had perished when the small private plane that he was flying, and he was the pilot, crashed off the coast of Massachusetts, right into the water. He was only 38 years old when this happened. His wife and his sister both died with him. Well, it was all over the news and all kinds of pundits and commentators were trying to explain what had happened. But one professional pilot later wrote an article that explained the mistake that Kennedy had made. It turned out that though the skies were clear when he took off, a slow creeping fog began to surround the plane and Kennedy had not been trained to fly by the instruments. Now I want you to catch that. He was flying through the windshield, what he could see, but he had not been trained to fly by the instruments. When a pilot flies through fog or through clouds, any visual, visual reference points are absolutely, totally blocked. The pilot loses all sense of direction, even whether he's going up or down, if you can imagine. In aviation lingo, this is called spatial disorientation. Without a horizon, or at least light in the distance the pilot can see, the pilot doesn't know what direction he's going in. He doesn't know if he's going straight. He doesn't know if, if he's turning. He doesn't know if he's flying upside down. Can you imagine that? He doesn't even know if he's flying upside down. The only way to safely fly in such conditions is to keep your eye firmly glued to the instrument panel. That's the only way. The instruments can keep things straight even when the fog blinds the eyes and the pilot's brain. Even when he can't see or think straight, the instruments will tell him the truth. That's the idea. The instruments will not lie. The instruments will tell you which way you're going, whether you're going straight, whether you're upside down or not, whether you're flying up or flying straight down into a nosedive. Seasoned pilots claim that the toughest part of earning an IFR uh, certification, which means instrument flight rules certification, watch this, real important, is learning to have unquestioning faith in the instruments. If you're going to fly by the instruments, you've got to get to the place where you have unquestioning faith in the instruments. If you doubt the instruments, you won't use them. If you don't use them, you're in peril because the instruments will not lie. Even when your eyes and your head say one thing and the instruments tell you something else, you must trust the instruments or you're going to face disaster and left to his own judgment. This is what John Jr. did. And he nosedived straight into the ocean, not even knowing he was going that way. If he had been trained to fly by the instruments, it never would have happened. Now, church, my message today is the life of faith is no different. We walk by faith and not by sight. 
we walk by some instruments I'm going to talk about in just a moment, but we walk by faith and not by sight. Because the day comes for all of us when there is a storm. It's not if, it's, it's when a storm comes. Storms happen in this life. Grief, sorrow, doubt, disappointment throw us into a tailspin. Some of you right now today, you're in a storm. Fog has crept into your life. You can't see the road ahead. You even wonder which way to go, where to turn. What, 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 is, what is God's word to me? What is the instruction? What should I do in this situation? A loved one dies. We lose our job. A friend hurts or betrays us, and the, and the emotions just sweep up, and they blind us. It's like a fog. Sickness or an accident knocks us off our feet. Have you ever noticed that a trial doesn't tell you it's coming? You wake up one day and the skies are blue, and then before you know it, storm clouds have gathered, and suddenly there is lightning and there is thunder, and your life is being rocked and rolled by a storm that you did not see coming, and suddenly you're in the middle of a trial What do you do? Do you fly by the senses or do you turn to the instrument panel? And again, I'm going to talk about what that is for the child of faith. But even whole nations go through such times. 9-11 was a time for us. I'll never forget. I I remember exactly where I was when John F. Kennedy was shot. I remember exactly where I was when John Kennedy Jr. died. And I remember exactly where I was when 9-11 happened, exactly where I was. I remember the moment it's frozen in time, and it's that way for a whole nation. That unexpected and unparalleled terrorist attack sent our entire nation into a tailspin, into a period of shock. Nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew where to turn. Nobody knew what was coming next. America was paralyzed and frozen. Nothing comparable had happened to America like 9-11 since Pearl Harbor or the assassination of President Kennedy. Collectively, many of us were asking the questions that we always do in a time like that. Where was God? Why did he let this happen? How could a good God allow such things to happen to innocent people? Billy Graham's daughter was interviewed on TV by a secular news person. And the news person said, you, you preach the gospel. You preach about God. How could God let this happen? She had such a wise response. She said, wait a minute, you've kicked God out of this country. Now you want to know where he was? Isn't it funny? We want God there when we need him, but otherwise leave me alone. But a less common and maybe more important question is sometimes asked, uh, did we do something wrong? Did I do something wrong? What brought this trial on? And do you know that why, the tyranny of why can drive you crazy? But I'm here today to tell you, you don't even need to know why. You just need to know who. You need to know who. My, My message is simple today. If you or a loved one are flying in a storm of pain and confusion right now, and many of you are today, you're hurting. Things have happened you didn't expect. You don't know where to turn. 
you're bleeding on the inside. Deep down, truth be known, you're saying, God, where were you or where are you? Remember this. Here's the message today. Your own perceptions are not what you lean on at a time like this because they will lie to you. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. See, here's what happened, folks. When man fell in the Garden of Eden and we fell with Adam, then our, our ability to judge was skewed. Our ability to read things accurately like God reads them was affected and infected by sin. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a person, but it leads to the way of death. It may look right, feel right, seem right, appear right. You may be told by others that it's right, but if you're looking at your circumstances, your trial, through your own eyes, your own eyes are never going to tell you what God tells you. God has given us unfailing instruments to fly through storms, and here they are. Are you ready? I want you to grab your Bible and say, here's my instrument panel. This is the unfailing instrument panel. This is what you look at when you're uh, flying through a fog. This is what you look at when you don't know where to go. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You open up the Word of God. That's what you do. And it will talk to you. So the Word of God is the instrument panel. The second instrument panel is the Holy Spirit of truth. And the third one is faith. And so I'm going to talk about those three today. The Word of God, the Holy Spirit of truth, and faith. The Word of God. Now, in our story, I want you to notice something. When these 12 spies came back, why did they go over in the first place? They went over because they went to see the land that had been promised. The promised land. So these 12 spies had a word from God. It was the Word of God they were standing on. God had said, I've taken you out of Egypt to bring you into the promised land. I've delivered you out of that I might deliver you into. I've taken you out so I can take you in. And I'm taking you to a place called the promised land. So they had a word from God. They had the instrument panel of the word of God. And they went over. But I want you to notice what they chose not to do. When they saw the giants, when they saw the terrible things, those terrible giants and what was happening to some people over there and the danger of that place in the natural, the Bible says they, they shrank back in fear and they rejected the word of God and they turned to what their own senses were telling them and they crashed. It's amazing to me that two totally different reports came back. The 10 spies said, we can't. Two of them said, we can. 10 of them said, we won't. Two of them said, we will. Two of them said, big deal. Or 10 of them said, big deal. Two of them said, no big deal. 10 of them said, we can't beat them. Two of them said, they're already defeated. Two different sets of eyes looked at the same giants. What made the difference? See, a giant is only a giant depending on how you look at that thing. If you look at it through the eyes of faith, that giant shrinks because you are saying greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? 
God always brings me into triumph in Christ Jesus. When you are looking at something through the eye of faith, it's not a giant. It's never a giant because greater is the Christ in you. He's the giant. But if you're looking at giants through the eyes of the flesh, they get bigger and they get bigger and they get bigger. The first report came from those 10 spies who were flying by their senses. They were fearful. They had unbelief because of a bad report springing from their fleshly senses An entire nation missed the destiny and purpose of God for them. And that is such a tragedy. That's why I don't hang around with people who constantly bring bad reports. I like good reports. I like hearing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I like hearing, he is greater than my trial. I like hearing, my God is never defeated. I love hearing words of faith. But the other two spies, Joshua and Caleb, were flying by the instrument panel of the Word of God. They knew that they had a promise, and they stood on that promise, and they were the only two folks that walked across that Jordan into the promised land. A million others died having listened to a bad report. They had no fear. They had courage. They were full of faith. They soared above the storm. And there's hardly a greater example of flying by the senses as opposed to flying by the instrument panel in the entire Bible than the story of these 12 spies. Two full of faith, 10 full of unbelief. Our senses will lead us astray every single time, especially in a storm. They'll lead us to make a move, choose a course of action, that is wrong or not wise or at the very best ill-advised. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. That's because we're fallen. And so we have an instrument panel and we need to access that instrument panel when we're in a storm. The Bible says of itself, one of my favorite verses, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all of scripture is god breathe. And look at what that God-breathed word will do for you in a storm. In its inspired voice, we will hear useful teaching, rebuke, correction, instruction, and training for a life that is right. When you're in a storm and the fog of pain is clouding your mind and growing panic is blinding your vision, and God seems a million miles away, the first thing you should do is not go by my senses, not panic, not freak out, but where's my Bible, where's my Bible, and open up that Bible and read what the instrument panel is telling you. What does the Word of God say? What does it advise? How did the people in its pages successfully respond to the storms in their own life? What are the guiding principles and truths that this book presents? Because this is our instrument panel. That's why I tell you all the time, this isn't just any book. This is the greatest book on planet Earth. If you were to ask me, if you were to ask me, Jeff, if you were on a deserted island, what would you want more than any single thing? I'm not kidding. I would say, give me the Word of God. Give me a holy Bible. Because this is not just any book. This is a supernatural book. 
It is all breathed of God who knew the storms we would encounter, who knew exactly what we would face. And so he gave us this book, 66 books. You've got your own library right here in this one book. And every bit of it is the word of God. And there's two kinds of Christians, those who access this Bible when they're in a storm and those who do not. And I'm going to tell you who's chewing their nails and who isn't when they're in a storm. Those that are in the word of God have faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God. It's so easy to find endless examples of people in Scripture who did just that. Jesus, the captain of our salvation, himself, the word, always accessed the word of God when he was in a storm. You remember when the devil attempted him in the wilderness It says the Holy Ghost had driven him into the wilderness. And when he was there in the wilderness, Satan approached him. And suddenly Jesus, who had been fasting 40 days and nights, was surrounded by a storm of temptation. And three times Satan attacked him. The first time he said, hey, you're hungry. Why don't you turn these stones into bread? And you think Jesus' senses didn't tell him he's starving, no food for 40 days? You think his senses didn't say, hey, you can do it. Turn those stones into bread. But he didn't. He went to the word of God. He accessed the instrument panel. And the instrument panel said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The devil tried again, and he always will. He never hits you once. He'll hit you twice. He'll hit you thrice. He hit the Son of God three times. The second time, he said, hey, go ahead and prove to the world you're God's son by jumping off the pinnacle of the temple because he'll give his angels charge over you and the whole world will see you levitating in midair. You think it wasn't a temptation of Jesus' senses to take him up on that? But Jesus went to the instrument panel And he said, you shall not put God to the test. And then a third time he was hit. He said, hey, Jesus, why don't you take a shortcut to everything God's got for you? All the fame, all the fortune, all the riches of the world. And it says the devil gave him a vision of all of the riches and glory and glitter of the world and said, go ahead. If you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give it to you right now. And you can avoid that painful cross. Jesus went straight to the instrument panel, not his own senses, and he said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And the Bible says, after he did that three times, the devil left him. Now, if the son of God had to access the instrument panel, where does that leave us? Here he was flying through a storm of temptation, but he opened up the Bible and it talked to him and it guided him safely to the other side. And what I love is he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. He went in driven by the Spirit, but he came out in the power of the Spirit. And he began to cast out devils and heal the sick and raise the dead and speak like no man ever spoke. In a storm, it always comes down to whose report will you believe? Because there's always going to be two, the report of the 10 spies or the report of the two. The report of unbelief or the report of faith. Which report will you believe? King David 
was literally, by his own testimony, saved from total destruction by leaning on the instrument panel of the Word of God. Listen to this. He said, my hope was kept alive by the Word of God. Quote, unless your word had been my anchor, he said, I would have perished in my affliction. God's word comforted him. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. God's word guided him. He prayed, direct my steps by your word. He, he accessed the instrument panel first thing every morning of his life. That's what I like about David. He had that holy habit of getting in the word every single day. Look what he said. I rise before the dawning of the morning and I cry for help and I hope in your word. I've got a holy habit in my life. And what I mean by a holy habit is it helps me be holy. Every morning I get up, you can ask my wife, you can ask my children, you can ask my dogs. I have three of them. They follow me every morning where I'm going. I go out on the patio. I take my word. I take my coffee that God made on the eighth day. And I open up this Bible, and I'm going to tell you, I read the word of God every single day. Why? Because I want to get up here and and appear spiritual to you? No, I do it because I know that I must. You say, well, Jeff, I don't get in the word every day. Who told you you could get away with that? Let me just inform you, you can't get away with that. If you want to be an anemic, barely making it, barely getting by, kind of limping Christian, then go ahead and don't get in the Word every day. But if you want to win, if you want to defeat the devil, if you want to be spiritually vital, if you want to be strong in your spirit, then you get up every day and you get into that Bible because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. In a storm, you access the instrument panel and you do what it says. And then secondly, we've got the Holy Spirit of truth. I could never do what I do without the Holy Spirit of God. I'm a debtor to the Spirit of God. Do you know that I wouldn't be, be up here preaching? I would never have gone into the ministry if it had not been for the mighty Spirit of God. I think sometimes we diminish and we minimize the power that God has given to us, the mighty Spirit of God. We must have that Holy Spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit of truth. Listen to what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit's ministry to the believer. He said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And then what does that spirit of truth do in the life of the believer? Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. Can everybody say guide you? Now try saying guide me. He will guide you. He will guide you. Let's say together, he will guide me into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will prophesy. The Holy Spirit knows the future. Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing or some ethereal force. The Holy Spirit is a person. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus used the personal pronoun to refer to him. He said, he, he will guide you 
into all truth. And He is living inside of you. He is fellowshipping with you. He is praying for you. He is strengthening you. He is opening up the Word of God to you. He is teaching you. Jesus said that Holy Spirit of truth, his ministry is going to be to guide you into the truth. Now, I want you to hold that thought for a minute, and let me go back to the flying illustration. Not only does a pilot have an instrument panel, but he also is in touch with the control tower, which is monitoring his flight on radar. The control tower sees exactly where he is, what his flying conditions are, and what course he should take for maximum safety. The control tower is watching and tracking every move that jet makes. And there's somebody in the control tower talking to that pilot. That's why he's got on those earphones. He's got on the earphones, the earphones. He's hearing from the control tower, and he's also looking at the instrument panel at the very same time. He's got two unfailing sources of guidance and help in the flight, especially when there's a storm. The person in the control tower talks to him and says, hey, continue on your path or take an alternate route or fly a different altitude. He's being guided. He's being talked to. He's being spoken to. And with that picture in mind, let me look again at what Jesus said about the spirit of truth. Watch this. He will not speak on his own authority, that is the Holy Spirit, but whatever he hears... He will speak. You know what that tells me? Whatever he hears from the control tower. And the control tower is the throne room of God. And the Bible says that God is marking every step you take. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he should not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. He is watching you, marking you, following you, directing you. And whatever the control tower in heaven, God's throne says, he will speak that to you. Isn't that so good? Have you ever been about to make a decision and everything looks right? You should do it. Logic says do it. People have said do it. Your your natural senses say do it. And then all of a sudden, you lose all your peace. And that Holy Spirit of truth says, don't go. Don't do it. Don't take that direction. Don't go that decision. Don't get involved in a relationship with that person. Don't take that job. Don't this, don't that. But instead, do this and do that. And in that way, we are guided by faith and not by sight. Here's Paul and Silas. They're preaching the gospel. And they're about to go into Asia. And the Bible says right when they were about to go into Asia, the control tower broke through with a message. It says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. The Holy Spirit broke through. And then they said, well, okay, we'll go into Bithynia. And they started going to Bithynia, but again, the Spirit did not permit them. They thought they were flying in the right direction. But the Holy Spirit of truth let them know, you have veered off course. And you know what happened instead? They ended up in Philippi where they had the original jailhouse rock, where the demon was cast out of that little girl and she was set free. And 
The, the church in Philippi was born, and that was God's plan the whole time. But the Holy Spirit, speaking into their heart, the Spirit of truth, had to guide them in their flight. Do you listen to the Holy Spirit when he speaks? That, that little nudge, do it, don't do it, take it, don't take it, go there, don't go there. Make that decision, don't make that decision. Do you believe me, church, when I tell you that he has given us an incredible gift? The Holy Spirit of truth. So if I've got the instrument panel and I've got the Holy Spirit of truth, I'm flying through a storm where I cannot see, but I'm being guided by the instruments. Here we go. And there's one more, and that is faith. Everybody say faith. We hear a lot about faith, don't we? But see, here's how faith works in a storm. Faith trusts the instrument panel because faith trusts the one who gave the instrument panel. Faith trusts the word because of the God who gave the word. I trust the God who gave me this word. That's why around here we're always saying, Uh, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. You know why we do that? Because it's true. And I want you to believe what the Bible says about God. He's not an out-to-get-you God. He's not a mean God. He's not a vindictive God. But He is a merciful, long-suffering God who forgives and forgives and forgives and loves and loves and loves, and He can be trusted. And He's the one talking out of the control tower, and He's the one who gave us the instrument panel of the Word of God. So I can trust him. Kathy and I were uh, flying somewhere to preach. I forget one, where it was. But we were in a little four-seat plane. It was a prop plane. And there was a pilot and a co-pilot, and we were in the back. It was just us. And I remember these two, pilot and the co-pilot, were kids. They were like teenagers. The pilot still had acne. <laughs> we're flying along. And all of a sudden, this this guy, he leans forward and he looks out the windshield and he says to his co-pilot, do you see it yet? Now, if you know me, you know that I am not graced to fly. And when I have a pilot going, do you see it yet? And the co-pilot says, not yet. And I said, I see it. Take me down. It's the last time we flew in a prop plane. See, I didn't have total trust in the pilot, but when it comes to the captain of my salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, I totally trust Jesus Christ. He's going to get us there. He is going to get you there. He that has begun a good work is going to finish it. Faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. Jesus is our faithful pilot. And we get there by faith. I put my faith in the instrument panel of the word of God because I know he's not a man that he can lie. And I trust the one who is speaking through the spirit of truth. I believe in the character of the God of the Bible. He is never going to walk out on you. He's never going to leave you. You may wrong him, but he's not going to wrong you. When everybody else walks out, he walks in. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is rooting for you, pulling for you. He gave his son to die for you. You think he's not going to get you through that storm? If you access the instrument panel and trust the control tower to lead you.
Did you know that an eagle knows when a storm is approaching long before it breaks? I love what God has made in nature. Romans 1 says he's made the things we can see to teach us about things we cannot see. And look at what God did with the eagle. The eagle knows that a storm is coming before it ever comes. And so you know what he'll do? The eagle will fly to some high spot, some high tree, high mountain, some high perch, and he will wait for the winds to come. And when the storm hits, the eagle sets its wings so that the wind will pick him up and lift him high above the storm. And as the storm rages below, the eagle is soaring high above it, gliding with ease. He's not a sparrow down there. He's an eagle. God didn't make sparrows. He made eagles. Now, he made real sparrows, but no Christian is called to be a sparrow. He's up there. Here's what the eagle said. Ah, here comes a storm. Well, let me get ready. And when the storm hits... I'm going to rise above it, and I'm going to glide above it, and I'm going to soar above it so that it's damaging everything below me, but, but not me, because I'm going to be above the storm and gliding above it and rising high above it because I know how to navigate a storm. Likewise, when the storms of life Come upon you and me. We can rise above them by placing our faith in God. I put my faith in him. I put my faith in the instrument panel. I know that he's going to get me through it. I don't live by sight. I live by faith. And when I approach a storm that way, that storm lifts me. And here I am. Which are you? Or here? Come on, the things I go through to make a message happen. <laughs> right? But, but, but so many Christians, ah! But listen, when you learn, he knew the storm was coming. He had me ready for it ahead of time. I know all about the instrument panel. I know about faith. And I know about the control tower talking to me. I know about the spirit of truth. So I'm going to glide, I'm going to rise above the storm, and I'm going to let it take me higher than I ever would have gone otherwise. It's going to work for my good and not against me. Are you this or are you this? Where are you in your trial right now? You knew I was going to quote it, but here it is. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like sparrows. Is that what it says? Like chickadees. Is that what it says? No, like eagles. When Kathy got this report, at first I was... And then I got into the Word of God like I always do. I sought God like I always do. And I heard from God like He is so gracious to do for me. And before I knew it... And let me tell you who's been this way the whole time, Kathy. She's been just like this. People say to her, how do you have peace? People say to her, how do you have peace? She says, he's just carrying me. He's carrying me. See, once you've been in Jesus for a while, this is the way you ought to do. You ought to be riding the storm, not being destroyed by it. 
His word, the instrument panel. His spirit, speaking from the control tower. And faith in the character of the promiser. And that's how we soar. I want you to stand with me, would you? Now I want to do something. It's probably going to start rumors, but let them go. Can we just do this? Somebody's going to pull out their iPhone, and they're going to put this on YouTube. Yeah, I went to Turning Point. Man, were they strange. Look at what they were doing. Hey, how many of you are in a trial right now? Wouldn't you rather be soaring above it like this? Come on, just like this. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. Where are you today? If you're in a storm, you've got a choice. You can react in the flesh and crash. Or you can respond in the spirit and soar. I assure you this. God would give up his only son before he'd give up on you. Because he did. How'd Jesus live every minute of every day, all the way to the cross? That was Jesus. So I want to pray with you today. If you've got a storm, the winds are howling, the rain is falling, the floods are beating against your house, I want to encourage you today. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I turn to the instrument panel of the Word of God. I thank you for the spirit of truth bringing God's Word to me. And I place my faith in the character of the God of the promises. Help me, Lord, to soar above this storm. Lift your hands if you've got a storm in your life today. Thank you, Lord. Many people. Lord, half this church. This is a word for you. It's a word for me. It's a word for our future. If you're glad you came to church today, give him a hand of praise, would you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, real quickly, I'm going to ask the pastors to begin to come down. But real quickly, there is a woman in our church who um, is very prophetic. And she came to me. I want you to get this. She came. Now, there's this pastor appreciation day. All they're doing is getting ready to get appreciated. (laughs) So come on up, guys. So listen to this quick testimony. Um, This woman came up to me three months ago right in this altar. And she said, Jeff, I had a dream. And God has given me permission to tell you the dream. It was about you. Okay, tell me. She said, you were standing under a light post. And it was lit. But you were down on your knees. And you were weeping desperately 
And she said, I approached you in the dream. And here's what I said in the dream. Jeff, God's got this. And she said, I looked up in the dream, stopped for a minute, and started weeping again. And then she said, look up at me and listen. Oh, and she said, you had on a blue checkered shirt, jeans, and boots. Now, I know, I know, but here's the deal. That week, I bought a blue checkered shirt. Unlike a shirt I've had in a long time, it's kind of country. And I decided I'm in Fort Worth, you do? Okay. So I got it. And just that week, hadn't even worn it yet. She said, look at me. And I looked at her in the dream and she said, do only what the Holy Spirit tells you to. And she woke up. And I filed that back in one of my file cabinets. But after Kathy's diagnosis, I was laying there one night, couldn't sleep. And I remember this dream. And I called her. I said, tell me that dream again. And she told me that dream like she had watched a movie. And I knew, God knew what was coming. And God gave me a word. God's got this. Now, I didn't need the dream to tell me because I have the instrument panel. But it was a confirming word. And then, only do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Because you can't believe the number of voices that come at you with something like this. But we've only gone where there was peace. So, we have a hashtag for you. How many of you know what a hashtag is? None of the baby boomers know what it is. I'm totally illiterate with this stuff. But it's the hashtag, God's got this. And I want you to use it. Start hashtagging, God's got this. Because we've created that for Kathy's situation. Because I want you to say with me, God's got this. Now, we can either hear or we can, right? So we're going to soar. Amen? Come here, Jonathan. Here. Maybe you didn't know that we have a new youth pastor, and his name is Jonathan Smith. So say hello, Jonathan. Hey, everybody. How's it going? That was a great word, wasn't it? I'm really excited. I know what God is doing in this church, and it's magnificent, and I know we're all going to soar as one, and I'm happy about it. And he's a great young man. And here, Introduce your wife there, your better half. This is my wife, Christy Smith. Yeah. She, yeah. she has a very, very caring heart and a lot more wisdom than I do. There, now, there's a smart man. Yeah, you see why? I got to eat tonight. So. I know. I hear you. And they are, she is a major intercessor. She intercedes. So you're going to have major intercessory prayer going up for your teenagers. And also the awakening uh, ministry, young adults. Well, there's Kathy. I'm glad you came out. You must have a word. You don't? Yeah, you're okay. 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 Well, today is Pastor Appreciation Day, and so I want you guys to join us. I'm, I've got Bill up here, the head uh, deacon here, to help me out with this, but we would like to pray over 
the pastoral staff, they have come alongside Pastor Jeff, uh, and they've always been there before this. They're great staff, and we appreciate them as the body of Christ, that they're, they're accountable to God for our souls. And so they put in a lot of time, effort, and things that, you know, they spend a lot of time, like, especially like Jonathan here and the kids here. So, um, guys, we just want to pray over them. If you guys would just extend your hands out to them and just let them know how much we really appreciate them. They're going to be up here after the service. You can come by and thank them and shake their hands, whatever, except for Miss Kathy. We don't want her down here because we don't want her to be exposed to a lot of different hands touching her stuff, germs and stuff, yeah, with her immune system the way it is. So if you would, uh, Bill's going to start praying there, and then I'll go up here and kind of lay hands on them. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Frank. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you watch over our pastoral staff, and we lift them up uh, as as a heavenly body preaching your word. We know that each one of them uh, will preach your word. They will soar like eagles. Uh, we, we ask that you uh, bring favor upon them. Give them the words, the wisdom to preach your word, to bring more uh, people to Jesus Christ. We specifically ask that you bring favor upon uh, Kathy in her uh, in this time in her life. We, we know, Lord, we rebuke this disease. We We rebuke this attack on our church. Lord, we lift these people up and ask that you give them strength, give them wisdom, so that they may continue preaching your word. We ask these things in thy name. Amen. Thanks again. Hope didn't keep you too long. Pastor, did you want to add anything to that or anything? If you guys would just come down here where they can at least come by and thank you, shake your hands, and welcome you guys. I'm going to give. Thank you, guys. You're going to give the shout. I'm going to give the shout. Next Sunday, we start a series on spiritual warfare. You don't want to miss it. It's going to focus around David and Goliath, and it's powerful. So I invite you to come next Sunday. Bring somebody who needs the Lord. We're going to count to three, and let's shout together. I walk by faith and not by sight. Go have a great week. Are you ready? One, two, three. Three, I walk by faith and not by sight. God bless you. Have a good week.